I want to read to you some real quotes that people have said about Thanksgiving. A new survey found that 80% of men claim they help cook Thanksgiving dinner. Which makes sense, because when a man says, that smells good, he thinks he's helping. Another quote, Thanksgiving is a time to count your blessings as each relative goes home. I didn't write these, by the way. If you think about a Thanksgiving dinner, it's really like a large chicken. I'm looking more forward to seeing pie this Thanksgiving than seeing members of my own family. One man said, I like football a lot. I find it's an exciting strategic game. It's a great way to avoid conversation with your family at Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, when the people who are the most thankful are the ones who didn't have to cook. And finally, at Thanksgiving dinner, one wife said, who wants to carve the turkey? Her dad said, you carve him, you married him. Okay, I think we're going to stop right there. <laughs> How many of you have uh, fond memories of, of Thanksgiving? Whether it's uh, the traditions, maybe growing up, it, it could be maybe just the smell of the baked turkey, or maybe uh, your aunt always bringing the cornbread dressing, or maybe there was a football game in the backyard. But, you know, a lot of us have uh, fond memories uh, growing up. Uh, for us, uh, I'm from Franklin, and we had, uh, my mom had uh, two sisters, one here in Lafayette and one in Franklin, where I'm from. So we just simply rotated homes over the years. And uh, it became like a family reunion uh, uh, until uh, we played football. It, it got um, a little rough. Uh, it was supposed to be touch football, but it soon became tackle football on concrete. And so enough said. <laughs> How many of you uh, are still maintaining somewhat of traditions that maybe you grew up with of, of Thanksgiving. Yeah, a lot of you have. And one of the oldest traditions that we've come to know through the years is actually when it started. And a lot of people will immediately pinpoint to the pilgrims uh, in, in uh, Plymouth. I've actually been there. It's a huge rock. They've got 1621 like stamped into it or carved into it. It's got like this gazebo around it. And so everyone sort of zeroes in on the pilgrims, right? But I'm here tonight to tell you that they had to get that idea from somewhere, right? It just didn't happen, right? You know, an Indian chief and the, the, the pilgrims leadership didn't have a Zoom meeting to discuss what they were going to do. It wasn't that the pilgrim farmers who were raising turkeys didn't go to the city council and say, hey, we have a new way of making some little side money. How about some turkeys? No, it wasn't like that. And so I just want to let you know, I'm not here tonight to give you a history lesson, but I have to let you know where they got it from. 
And it's a very interesting story. And I hope tonight that it, it literally allow you, you're able to not just see what they went through, the pilgrims, but of why they did it. Now, the pilgrims, they had a great connection with the Israelites. We know the story. They were in bondage in Egypt and God delivered them through the Red Sea right to the promised land. Well, the pilgrims, a lot of them were Puritans of the Protestant faith. They kind of had a, a, a connection, a brotherhood with the Israelites because they looked to England as Egypt. They looked to the king of England as Pharaoh and they looked at the Atlantic Ocean as their Red Sea. And so they had a divine connection. And so I just want to let you know that in their quest for religious freedom, they didn't look too far, but found it in the Bible of what to do, of how to not only honor God for delivering them to America, but for blessing them. And so I want to immediately go to Leviticus. Now, it's, it's a few scriptures, and I'm going to kind of narrate it through for you so that you can understand, but see if you can pick out some similarities to what we know as Thanksgiving today. You ready for that? In Leviticus chapter 23, by the way, I call this message the original Thanksgiving tradition. In verse 33, it says this, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. Okay, a specific day, a specific month, and God even named it for them. Are you seeing the similarities thus far? On the fifth, excuse me, on the first day, there shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. For seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. On the eighth day, you shall have a holy convocation and you shall have or you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. It is a sacred assembly and you shall do no customary work on it. So let's recap a specific day, a specific month, a specific name. And you're going to gather with other people. Do you see the similarities? Verse 37. These are the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, to offer an offering made by fire to the Lord, a burnt offering and a grain offering, a sacrifice and a drink offerings, and everything on its day. Besides the Sabbaths of the Lord, besides your gifts, besides all your vows, and besides all your free will offerings which you give to the Lord. So what God was saying, He said, look, I've named it. I've decided what day I want it. I've decided what month I want it. I want it to be very special. And He says, look, this is in addition to your Sabbath. This is in addition to the grain offering. This is in addition to everything else you're doing. And I don't want you to work. 
Does it sound a little familiar? Also on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, by the way, would you like to know when they harvested their fruit? In the fall. You shall keep the feast of the Lord for seven days. On the first day, there shall be a Sabbath rest. On the eighth day, a Sabbath rest. And you shall take for yourselves on the first day the fruit of, here we go, beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, the boughs of leafy trees. Boughs is just simply branches. And willows of the brook. I wonder if this is where we get wreaths. From just saying. Does it sound a little familiar? And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year. Look what it says. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. We celebrate Thanksgiving, right? The fourth Thursday. Are y'all following me? Isn't this interesting? (laughs) And then it says, you shall celebrate it in the seventh month. Again, a specific day, a specific time of the year. This wasn't spring or summer. They did it in the fall. Then it says in verse 42, you shall dwell in booths for seven days. Let Let me just explain. They also call the Feast of Tabernacles the Feast of Booths but we know it as the Feast of Tabernacles. When the Israelites were in the desert for 40 years, they needed a place to stay, right? Each family. So they built these temporary huts or booths for for a particular family, and, and so they all lived in all these little huts all over the place. Well, what do you think happened in these booths? They ate and they slept It also says it was used for sleeping and general assembly of the family. It's called the sukkah. They would also take the fruit for the Feast of Tabernacles and literally adorn their little hut throughout those seven or eight days that we just read about and also take some of the branches and wave them to glorify God, but also to decorate their little hut. Sound familiar? All who are native Israelites shall dwell in booths. That your generations, this is what God's saying, that your generations may know. He says, I'm doing all this. I want you to celebrate this feast because I want people to know what I did for your ancestors. He says, I want the children of Israel to dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. He says, I am the Lord your God. I want you to set aside a specific day in a specific month, in a specific time of the year, and do some things like gathering with your family in your little hut or booth and have a meal. This is where the pilgrims got the idea from. What's interesting to note 
is that before these verses, the Lord set forth some other feasts for the Israelites to do. This is the only one that non-Jews can participate even to today. Hmm. Those of us that are non-Jews, do we participate in Thanksgiving? You think God knows what He's doing when He set this up in Leviticus? Another side note is that the rabbis teach their students, the Jews, they teach them to give blessings. And they teach, especially the head of the home, to do 100 blessings per day. And it would go something like this. Upon seeing rain, the dad would say, blessed are you, God, who made the clouds. Upon seeing the ocean, they would say, blessed are you, God, who made the great sea. Upon seeing fruit trees in bloom, one would say, blessed are you, God, whose leaves and fruit give us bounty. So they were not only trained with the, with the uh, sort of the adornments and the special days of the Feast of Tabernacles, but they were also trained to say, Lord, you have blessed us, and they do it 100 times a day. They do it uh, individually. They also do it around meals. Isn't that interesting? So yes, we give the pilgrims a little bit of credit, but you know what? We got to give all the credit to God for setting this up. All the pilgrims did was, you know, they had Bibles. I don't know how many they had, but they had something to go off of. And so they said, you know what? Let's gather up everyone whom we're around and... Let's kind of do the same thing. And here we are in 2020 doing the same identical thing. Again, a specific date, a date, a name. I think we all have a shelter, don't we? How many of you have already, you, you've decorated for Thanksgiving, you've put out some pumpkins and some fall things just like they did. Look, this tomorrow may be a little different for a lot of us. It is for my family. We are only, it, it's, it's just a small gathering of about six of us and that's it. It may look totally different tomorrow than what you're used to. Your meal may be different. The people may be different. The day could be totally different. Maybe what you do is going to look totally different. But I just want you to understand that no matter what happens, we still have to give the Lord His, His props, right? We still have to say, Lord, thank you. We're alive. Amen? How about a challenge, the 100 blessing challenge? Can we take that tomorrow? Let me see how many would like to do that. But some would say, Rob, it's really difficult. I've had a difficult year. I've gone through a lot. Maybe I've lost my job. Maybe I've lost a loved one. And I so get that. And I want to introduce you to someone who went through a lot. But I want you to see what this person did in spite of 
what was happening in their world. And it's found in Matthew chapter 26, verse starts in verse 17. On the first day of the feast of unleavened bread, here we go, another feast. A specific name. The disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? Again, sharing a meal. He replied, go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says my appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. Once again, we have a specific feast. There's a meal. And there's a gathering. Isn't that interesting? One in the Old Testament and right here in the New Testament. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. I don't know about you, but I, I think that kind of, it, it might have been kind of festive up until that point. That's just me. Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me. And then it says in verse 22, they were very sad. And began to say to him one after another, surely not I, Lord. Jesus, Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The son of man will go just as is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the son of man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, surely not I, Rabbi. And Jesus answered, yes, it is you. Now we know what happens after, right? He, he goes to the cross and he endures such a tragic, torturous, inhumane death. We know that, don't we? But look what Jesus does. And while they were eating, Jesus took bread and it says he did what? He gave thanks. I can't fathom that, can you? Knowing what's about to happen in a few hours. To give thanks. How could he do that? Knowing that he's going to be whipped and beaten and thorns shoved into his scalp. Ribbons of flesh torn off of his back. It says he took bread and he gave thanks. I think giving thanks was in Jesus' DNA. Amen? And it says he broke it. He took the bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, Take and eat. This is my body. And if you would, just again, remove that little top clear and, and pull that little wafer out.
How could, how could one man give thanks knowing that his body is, is literally going to be broken in a few hours? I think it's a great lesson for us to be thankful for what He did. Amen? So just hold up the bread right now. It's, it's just a symbol of His body that was broken. It's a symbol of what He went through. That our sins would be forgiven and nailed to a cross because of what He endured. But before He went to the cross, He said, thank you, Lord. What an attitude. Amen. Let's eat. In another gospel, the account is very similar, except Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Remember in the Old Testament, God said the Feast of Tabernacles. He said, make it a statute forever. Do this every year. Now, we take communion every month. But I just want you to understand the similarities between giving thanks in the Old Testament as well as what Jesus said while He's literally nearing the end of His earthly life. Then He took the cup. What does it say? It says He gave thanks. Now, there's a comma after cup. It says, then he took the cup, comma. What do commas do? They say, hold on, there's a pause right here. There's a new thought coming. He took the cup and paused. And he gave thanks again. And offered it to them, to his disciples, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. He says, I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink anew with you in my father's kingdom. When they had uh, sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. You can peel back that next layer. It's a little tougher. Just work on a little bit and it will come off. Once again, we see the heart of Jesus. We see the DNA. Where do you think Jesus, did He get it from the pilgrim? No, He got it from His Father. Scripture says He took the cup and He gave thanks. Father, we thank You that this cup of juice simply represents the blood of the new covenant. And as we sang earlier, 
Jesus, you're all about doing new things. And we thank you, Lord, that tonight is a new thing in us. Not just hearing and learning about what the pilgrims did and, or what it says in Leviticus, but Lord, it's about you. And it's about giving thanks. Lord, help us not to be thankless, but to be thankful for what we have. Lord, tomorrow may look totally different from years past. But Lord, help us to have an attitude of gratitude. An attitude of thanking you, Lord, because you're still on the throne. You're still healing. You're still restoring families. You're still healing minds and emotions. You're still healing bodies. And so, Lord, we take this cup and we raise it. As the song says, I raise a hallelujah. If I could sing right now, I would sing that song because I love it. It says, I raise a hallelujah. Let us drink. Tonight we we see the the wonderful beginnings of what we know as Thanksgiving. And isn't it awesome as non-Jews, there may be a few in here, but most of us are Gentiles, right? Non-Jews. That we get to participate tomorrow. I don't want to look, we're not even going to say it's a holiday. It's a day of thanksgiving. In fact, I need, I think we need to write a petition to our president, our mayor, our governor, the city council and flip instead of thanksgiving. It needs to say giving thanks. Amen. What are you thankful for? Maybe we can take a page out of the Jewish teachings and openly and honestly look at tomorrow as a day of giving thanks just like Jesus did. Look, what He went through was far worse than a pandemic. Amen. So if Jesus can give thanks in that situation, can't we? You say, well, Rob, I'm doing Thanksgiving by myself. No, you're not. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's going to be four of you. Put a plate out, even if it's peanut butter and jelly. Just put something out and welcome the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I started tonight off with some real quotes about Thanksgiving, and I have one more. A gathering of about 35 people came together for their annual Thanksgiving meal on a cool fall day. Some traveled from two states over. Others arrived from nearby towns with their new sweaters on. Colorful leaves littered the property. As relatives arrived, catching up with each other was the norm. Kids were outside doing what kids do. The ladies were in the kitchen handling the baking and the cooking. The men 
around the TV, swapping stories of the good old days and where they used to work. Grandmas were waiting patiently for their long-awaited grandchildren hugs and kisses. What started as a happy, festive affair soon turned into a very tense moment. As the family gathered in a circle to bless the meal, two mature sisters who already had a strained relationship began jawing at each other over some minor petty thing. Of course, other family members jumped right in and a scene from Hatfield and McCoy erupted. Until a nine-year-old girl raised her voice with extreme passion by saying, please stop. We may not have it all together, but together we have it all. What courage of a nine-year-old girl we may not have it all together, but together we have it all. That is wisdom from on high. The crowd went silent for an extended period of time as everyone was stunned by the heartfelt cry of a little girl. Now listen, we may not have it all together, right? Tomorrow might, again, might look a little different from last year. But together, we have it all. What does that mean? It means we have Jesus. We have it all. Amen? Rather than get so tied up in oh, what you got to cook? and all. Just be thankful that we have it all in the name of Jesus. If you would, just do me a favor and stand with me. I believe that tomorrow, I'm just going to give you an out-of-the-box thought and idea. Because it may look a little different for you and your family, why don't you start a new tradition in your family? By taking a long period of time, not to say, well, I'm thankful for air conditioning. We needed it today, didn't we? Well, I'm thankful for this. No, just... Just have a heart-to-heart -heart about what you're really thankful for. Not, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my dog who just on the carpet. But you, you know what I'm saying? Make a new tradition. Make it fit how you think it should fit. Even if it might be a little uncomfortable. The meal is not going anywhere, right? But, but could we maybe have an attitude of what Jesus did and what He endured was about to endure giving thanks was at the top of His priority. And so I just encourage you 
you know what my first words are going to be? I'm thankful I survived stage four cancer. Amen. And, and I'm just going to tell you right now, I ain't going to shut up about it because it was a complete miracle. And so tomorrow you get around your fam, your family, and you talk about the miracles that God has done in your life. Not just this year, but what he's done last year, the year before. And if you want to get a little preachy, go ahead. Jesus got a little preachy because he said, I give my thanks to my father. Despite what I'm about to go through, all humanity is on my shoulders. And your salvation, the reason you're here tonight is because he broke the bread and he gave thanks. Amen. So take the challenge like the ice bucket challenge. See how many blessings that you can be thankful for. Go around the table. Go around it again. And go around it again. And God's going to reveal to you some things that you forgot about. And the next thing you know, phase two or phase three is going to be obliterated from your mind. And listen, don't just do it on one day. What are you going to do Friday morning when you wake up? Amen? I think we need to just keep this tradition going that God started, right? Not the pilgrims, right? We're thankful for the pilgrims. We're thankful for the Indians. We're thankful for all of that going on, right? But why can't we be thankful for what God already instituted and we're just doing what He did, amen? Well, listen, I'm so thankful that you are here tonight and I'm thankful that you tuned in online. What a blessing it is to be part of a fellowship, a friendly fellowship at that, right? I just want to pray a blessing over your time tonight, but also tomorrow, that it might look a little different, but good different. Amen. How many of you are willing to take a little challenge tomorrow by not stopping with one blessing, but just keeping it going? You may be eating at eight o'clock tomorrow night, but that's all right. Amen. You're just going to have to tell your guests, sit down for a while. A nine-year-old girl, stunned her family by saying, we may not have it all together. Tomorrow might look a little different, but together we have it all. Amen. Do me a favor and just close your eyes for me. Father, I pray over this congregation and over the people that are uh, listening and tuning in right now. Lord, I pray, Lord, as we leave here tonight, that, Lord, we will begin adopting an attitude of giving thanks. And not just because of what tomorrow looks like or what tomorrow is. But, Lord, we know that you gave us a specific date, a specific day, a specific month, even a specific name. And, Lord, we thank you that the blessings of your giftings on us are right here tonight and tomorrow and future. Lord, I pray that tomorrow will be a day of giving thanks to you. That it will be not looking at who's playing football. It will not be which casserole is the best. But, Lord, tomorrow will be truly a day of bringing honor to your name. We glorify your name tonight in the wonderful, matchless name of Jesus. And everybody gave a hearty 
Amen and amen and amen and amen. Well, listen, thank you for coming. And listen, I want to hear updates. I really do. The next time you see me, I want to know how Thanksgiving dinner went with the blessings and saying them. Amen. Would y'all do that? Or let us know. Maybe go online and say, hey, I took Rob's challenge. Let us know. Well, listen, if you need prayer, we'll be down here to pray with you. But if not, God bless. Y'all have a safe and happy giving thanks day. Amen. Thank you.